All right, everybody. Uh, this is the podcast. This is uh, should be episode 16 of season six. Uh, if you can hear, there is machinery in the background. We're going to go live right now and push through this thing. Let's see what we got. Here we go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Know Your Gear Live uh, QA. This is number 159. But if you're listening to the podcast, there's a new change. Yeah, this would be season six, episode 16. We'll talk about that in a second for those of you that are jumping on. I need to tell you a couple things. There's some announcements we normally do, but there's an announcement I, I have to give you today. There might be loud machinery, uh, banging, crashing... <laughs> chainsaws i don't know whatever else you can hear in the background uh just to warn you right now um one of the reasons i wasn't very active this week on youtube is i have for lack of a better word construction going on uh literally right outside my window <laughs> so uh they're working these guys have been working their butt off all week and they're working still trying to get uh, trying to gain some ground on what they're doing and uh so if you hear that in the background that's what's going on we're going to push through that if you're new to the uh, live show, a couple things you need to know. One, if you want to ask me a question, please put a question mark first. That way I know you're asking me the question. Second, uh, when we are done with the live show, I will index all the questions. So if you're just checking this out and you want to kind of see if there's anything that interests you, just go right to those questions. You can click right on and listen to them. Also, you can listen to this as a podcast, and it has changed officially this week. The KYG podcast is now the Know Your Gear podcast. And per your guys' request, it's available on Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Pandora, uh, yeah, I don't know, everywhere. <laughs> so I, I think we got them all. We we tagged all the uh, the um, the things that are important. Uh, so it's on there. But something to note: there are two changes that are important if you're fans of the podcast uh, uh, that you need to know. And if you're fans of this live show, you probably want to know this as well. First, that on uh, that they made us change it. It's now seasons, so it's 25 episodes per season. So we're six, season six. Episode 16 is today, but that's not what's important. What's important is the way it worked out. Is uh, I do more podcasts than just a live show. So uh, if you go on there and you notice all of a sudden there's different sh shows that aren't live, that's because I'm, I've been supplementing in uh, regular podcasts, which those seem to do better than the live show on the podcast and you know, either way, you get the idea. So I'm just letting you know the information's out there. Uh, I would say you guys know because uh, it looks like you guys have been streaming and downloading pretty heavy uh, last few weeks, more so than than normal even. Uh, so let's get some questions while we listen to the warm sound. I don't even know if you guys can hear this. Can you hear the machines grinding and stuff? They're literally grinding uh, brick. <laughs> I think that's what they're doing. Uh, leveling like brick floors. Um, okay, so... Somebody says it's breaking up. That's all right. We're going to push through. Uh, another thing, too, that's something else to note, too. If uh, the, um, um, the, on the stream, if the digital voice and all that stuff bugs you on the podcast, it's a separate recorded audio, so it's clear and smooth. So, all right. What else do we got? Let's get into some questions. Uh, believe it or not, I saw some questions get asked earlier, uh, and I was uh, so I penned them real fast. Uh, first, I want to say, hey, I saw Ryan from Sixty Cycle Hum. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Uh, he's he's hanging out. So, and there's of course Ben Coombs. I saw him too as well. Um, 
And uh, so let's get into the first question. Uh, I'm going to say it comes from Al Ramirez. Al Ramirez. He says, Phil, I really like my uh, the Les Paul light you showed. I do too. Uh, that's the Les Paul uh, classic that's thin. The body's a thin body. Do you know if Gibson plans to put out other models in the coming years and uh, a wider release to retailers so we can physically check them out? I, I don't know of any uh, you know plans. Obviously, I, I don't have... You know any information other than what you guys have but i'm gonna say no because like i said in that video it's a guitar that i've always had a a great affection for and part of that reason is it's very limited in when they make them and how they make them i've seen they did a couple of their models like it already um because i think z zounds also has it because i guess that's a connection to ams of course and uh but no unfortunately but what i can tell you is is um that's how the internet retailers like the ams i'll tell you what i think ams would tell you uh, order it and if you don't like it you can send it back you get 45 days or 30 days to return it give it a try give it a whirl um you know there you go so um another thing i want to tell you guys i have water last week i lost my voice i figured out why it's because all the dust in the air from this construction so i have water and my buddy john at the nam show gave me these uh ricolas and I still have the bag. Thank you, John. So I'm prepared if I lose my voice. But I'm going to be sipping more water than normal. Or vodka, whatever's in this thing. <laughs> it's water. Um, okay, so uh, what else? We have Frank Rizzo says, Phil, thoughts and opinions on Metal Method products. Did you ever use them? Metal Method products for you uh, younger folk out there is how it was like our version of youtube you would in the back of the guitar magazine uh you could get videos and stuff that's what i'm thinking of right is that metal method um so i uh, no i don't remember frank i just remember seeing it i don't think i ever used it it's uh taxing the memory now trying to remember that stuff um what else do we got ton i'll say ton because i like that name that's enough there's enough letters after it we're gonna say ton has someone asked phil if he is testing pickups in the Somnium and he has another guitar with the same pickups, uh, if he did a comparison and if the difference would be significant. Uh, this is something we talked about before. Um, I believe, and I've, tr I've tried enough with that guitar, that if you take the pickups out and stick them in another guitar, like I said, I'm just going to say for my opinion and what it's worth that if I was to put a JB and a 59 in the Somnium and a JB 59 in, let's say, uh, that GNL or my another Telecaster or a Strat or anything else, um, there would be they would be different sounding guitars because they're different sounding guitars the pickups just don't control 100 percent of the sound okay but they control enough of the sound that you would really perceive them as very very close to each other so the pickups really do i think they're the dominant uh force in sound what you're hearing so what i mean by that is if you don't believe in tone wood or if you believe in tone wood you know, like the tone wood, whatever the debate thing. Um, the only thing I want to mention is whether I stuck a pickup in balsa or mahogany, if you believe or don't believe there's a difference, I don't, I'm really not here to argue that. What I'm here to say is I, I believe that the pickups would be a huge portion of the sound, no matter which one. And the differences after that would be, be minor compared to the pickups. So, all right, what else? There was another question I pinned. Uh, Oh, uh, this one's from Tyler. It says, just curious, I'm going to play in jazz band at school next year, even though I mainly play rock and metal. Uh, do you guys think a new Les Paul classic would be good for that? Uh, uh, just curious. Okay, I gotcha. Tyler, here's some good advice. I would uh, focus, if you're going to change, if you're, if you're a rock metal guy, kid, 
what have you, and you're going to join the jazz band. What I want to prepare you for is the jazz teacher. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you're lucky enough to get a good jazz teacher uh, in the band, you know, in your school, uh, sometimes you get the, you know, the, the PE teacher that uh, just has to take over the class for some reason. I hope that's not the case, but I've seen that before. My point is, is that here's a suggestion I have for you. Uh, you could obviously get a Les Paul Classic. That would be fantastic guitar. Don't focus on the guitar, focus on the strings. Here's something. If you're going to switch, if you're going to become a rock metal uh, player and try to do jazz band, put some flat wound strings on that guitar. The reason I say that is because uh, it'll help you. It'll help you. It'll uh, help you resist the temptation to do vibrato. It'll change a little bit of your feeling. It'll put you in a new mindset. It's a very inexpensive way to do something. I mean, uh, you know, if you go on the internet, I can't imagine they cost, you know, more than 15 bucks. You could probably get them 10, 15 bucks, get some flat wound strings. I like Daddario Chromes. Uh, and um, just remember if you play nines, go Daddario Chrome 10s or 11s. If you play 10s, go 11s. Just go up a gauge, you know what I mean? To really make it kind of feel stiff and different. Um, but, you know, you could stick to the same kind of gauges. But I would recommend that. That's what I would recommend doing. Uh, I think that would be huge. Huge for the tone, huge for your playing fun and uh, it doesn't require a whole new guitar um the only thing is uh just in case i because you didn't say uh if you have some kind of shredder floyd rose guitar i don't know if i'd put the flat ones on that but you could it's just you would need a setup if you have some kind of floating bridge like that so be prepared for that i have some super chats thank you guys for super chatting let's see um wouldn't that be funny if that's all i did hey thanks bye i'm just kidding all right, what do we got? The first one is from Fret Level Midnight. He does Fret Levels only at midnight. It's, uh, that's that's a, that's actually a cool name. I like it. It says, they play a lot of high-gain music and the Donner uh, Noise Killer Noise Gate I use just eats my tone. Yes, and not, uh, and not uh, kill enough hum. Thoughts on upgrading to the ISP decimator? Uh, yes. You know what? Here's the thing, man. I wish I could agree with the general census of of the information that's on YouTube that says, hey, these cheap pedals are just as good as these nice, nice pedals. That has not been my experience. If you have a Donner noise killer, if you have, uh, you know, the Behringer plastic pedals that, you know, I'm telling you, yeah, you can get good sounds out of them. It works. It's a, The Donner noise killer is better than no noise gate. You know what I mean? It's it's not a horrible product, but like you said, I feel it has limitations. And yeah, upgrading to the ISP decimator is a huge difference. Um, the other thing too might help you, uh, and just because I need to mention it in case uh, my my gear uh, head friends out there are watching, it's also important where you put this thing too. You might be putting it in front of the amp and you might want to try the effects loop. If you have it in the effects loop and it's not working as well, try it in front of the amp. So you have different options. So I would do, before I make the purchase, Go ahead and try every possible scenario, like I said, through the effects loop, through the front of the amp. You know, if you're running other pedals, maybe before the pedals, maybe after pedals, try things. And the reason I say that is, is because although there are general rules on when you're going to put stuff, um, you know, nobody knows all the variables of what you got going on with all the stuff you have going on. So that's what I would consider before making the purchase. If that doesn't fix the problem, definitely would recommend that ISP decimator over the Donner noise killer. And again, not because the noise killer is bad, but ISP decimator is better. Um, BK did a super chat for no reason. Reggie Wooten, hey Reggie, how's it going, buddy? Uh, haven't talked to you in a while. Says, hey Phil, if you had two grand, 
Uh-huh. <laughs> I'd probably have to give it to a plumber or something. All right, to buy a guitar, what would you buy to add to the collection? And why asking for a friend? Oh, asking for a friend. Um, What guitar would I add to the collection? I've been pretty content. Um. Um, and I, I, I say that, and then of course I'd have to admit to you guys that I've been looking on reverb almost daily just for, you know, checking stuff out. Um, I almost said kicks and giggles, but not the PG version. <laughs> Anyways, um, what I was going to say, uh, two grand. I'm trying to give this, give you an answer. You know, you, 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 you were nice enough to super chat. What would I buy for two grand right now? Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll just cop out on this and just uh, obviously some of you guys, I'm sure somebody's going to bring this up because uh, you guys went crazy this week sending me messages. So a lot of you that are follow uh, Jeff Kiesel's live factory tours on Facebook already saw because I guess he was going through guitar bodies and he's like, I guess he was going through guitars. They were having production that are almost done. And he's like, hey, this one goes to, that's his thing, right? He's like, hey, this one's really cool. It's going to Mike. This one's really cool. It's going to Dave. This one's really cool. It's going to, oh, Phil, Phil McKnight. So you guys uh, probably saw the guitar that is coming. That is the guitar um, that I would buy because uh, that's the one that's coming and I really like it. Uh, I don't want to tell you too much about it. Those of you guys saw the body probably know what it is, but I will tell you that it has a purpose. It's not just some random Kiesel guitar. It actually has a purpose and, uh, and, uh, something that I, I'm very passionate about and I've been working on since, uh, since the NAMM show. So I'm very excited about that. So that would be the guitar. Reggie. Um, here's why I was playing my Kiesel this morning. Uh, and I think I said this before on a show. Uh, I, I really do like my music, man. I like my Ibanez's. I like, I like the Kiesel's. I like the guitars that kind of feel a little more high end in my hands. I don't know what it is. I'm just, I just like playing those more. Um, and if I had two grand, uh, to spend on a guitar, that's probably where, where I would do with it since that's what I am, you know, basically focused on right now. Um, and then why you guys said that, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. I just realized, like, did I check to see? Sometimes <laughs> I don't check behind me to see that there's stuff there that shouldn't be there yet. Okay, because sometimes companies send something for review and, and don't tell me not to show anybody until a certain date. They're like, hey, you can check this out, but you can't show anybody. I want to make sure because I have uh, one of those right now or maybe two. Um, Robert says, uh, question mark to the group. I don't know. It just says question group. So maybe it's just everybody. It says, if I am strictly a bedroom player, what would you choose for a delay pedal? Um, well, here's the good news. I don't think that really matters. Uh, you know, I mean, not to me, uh, for delays. I mean, certain amps and distortions I would, I like better for like a smaller, smaller room versus bigger room. Um, so I'm sure people are going to give some thoughts. Everybody type in some, uh, for Robert, type in some suggestions for a delay. Uh, I'm looking at my board right now. My favorite delay has been the, uh, Nux, uh, Atlantic. As you guys know, I really like the acid reflux. I've been using the acid reflux since, like seriously within my first like six videos of YouTube, that's how long I've had that pedal and still using it. And I have a backup. I have another one. Um, uh, I had him make with a different logo. Uh, so I have two of them. Uh, and, uh, so those were I use those two. I use that, that the Nux with the reverb delay. Uh, in fact, I like it so much. It's slowly gonna, I think it's gonna overtake everything else. And then I have like a boss DD three, you know, uh, that I like, and then I have the carbon copy and the carbon copy bride. I have a bunch of delays, but, but to, but I like them all for some reason, you know, certain reasons, not some, but certain reasons, but I really like my acid reflux and I really like that Nux, um, uh, a lot. A lot. Like I said, I would definitely put it in my favorite 
maybe top five pedals. So, um, delay and reverb in one for 150 bucks, and it sounds great. And I can't find a flaw with the thing, not yet. So, what else do we got? I know they got more questions. Let me find ah, unfreaking believe it says carbon copy. That's a great one as well. Ah, you know what? Wanna beetle the Dano Fab delay. I might read some of these off. Tonal Recall. The Tonal Recall is a really good one as well. See how nice this is? This is the, the thing. Uh, and, and Robert, um, I just want to make sure. Uh, Randy. Sorry, Randy. No, it was Robert. Did more jump up since Robert? It was Robert. So, Robbie, here, Robert, here's the thing. That's what you're going to find out, is that there's so many good pedals. So you can't really go wrong. You just find the one in your budget. Um, the, you know, sometimes I feel like in today's gear climate... When we're talking about delays and reverbs and overdrives and guitars, we're almost getting to the point where we're going to have to start naming the stuff that sucks and <laughs> just go, okay, everything's good. What's the absolute best and what's the worst? Because everything is pretty good. You know what I mean? We're definitely in the heyday of gear right now. Um, so, all right. Uh, I know I got some super chats. Like I said, append them. I want to read over some some other comments. Uh, like I said, question marks first. Even if you want to put a couple question marks, they'll seem to pop out a little easier too. Um, what else? What else? Uh, uh, I don't know how to say it. <laughs> We're going to say Q. Q says, do you think locking turner locking tuners will become standard in the future? I don't think so. And here's why. Um, there are a ton of things that are on guitars that are make no sense um th this is absolutely the case you know what i mean um in today's day and age with what we know and what we've learned over the last 60 years with guitars there is a ton of materials or not materials there's a ton, ton of uh components on that are better than other components for guitar and um and yet we don't make them standard and here's why because this is an art form, and because it's an art form, it's never going to be as simple as... A lot of people are going to be like focused on cost. Like They won't do locking tuners because of cost. But I don't really believe that's the case. I think there's a reason why when you buy a, a uh, $3,000 uh, or $5,000 uh, custom shop Fender Stratocaster and has the old-style tuning keys... It's not because they believe those are better than locking keys. It's just, it's the vibe you're going for. Again, it's an art form. It's a feeling. You know what I mean? Um, logic doesn't always come into play to every scenario. So although locking keys are nice for faster string changes, it, does that matter? You know what I mean? Even, even bona fide rock stars will have guitars that have locking keys, but then you'll see in the tour, they'll have a guitar that's old and it has all this old stuff. You know what I mean? And they just like it. So they just use it. it like I said, so not everything is going to be a practical choice in fact that's the one thing that i i find seems to frustrate especially the hardcore hobbyists <laughs> right people who are enjoying this as a hobby for some reason uh lose sight of it the most more more than anybody else that it is an art form and so practicality can't come to every decision it just can't because it's an emotional it's an emotional thing um I've said this, uh, you know, a ton of times in, in my past in videos that, you know, I like certain things and even though they don't make sense because it's just a feeling that it has, you know what I mean? Um, so there you go. So, uh, no, I don't think they'll ever become standard because again, uh, there's different feelings that people have when they make those purchases. And some people don't want to see locking keys stuck on a guitar. Me personally, I like the idea that they start making everything uh, modern 
but look vintage and uh, put the stuff on there. But even then, that's just my feeling. And some some musicians would not like that because they like they like having the original stuff on there, either for the tone or the vibe. But vibe is tone. If you if you think it's going to sound a certain way, you make it sound a certain way. That is just that's just how it works. When somebody says, uh, you know, they buy a beat up guitar brand new because they feel like it has a vibe to it and they play differently. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I could get that. So, of course, it's why somebody doesn't like to buy a fluorescent green shredder guitar and then play, you know, uh, a four bar blues on it in a blues bar because it just doesn't look right. Although I have a friend that did that, so I shouldn't say nobody, but most people. Um <laughs> All right, I got a couple comments here. I got one from Gonzo. Gonzo says, Phil, the neck on my American Performer Tele seems to be moving more than my other guitars. I've had that experience before, not just with Fenders, but just with guitars. So yeah, my uh, my favorite guitar, and I've said this before, so this will help you, Gonzo. Uh, it's actually Gonzo Pew Pew. <laughs> Give me a second to laugh about that for a second. That's awesome. There's got to be a story behind that. Uh, so anyways, uh, Gonzo Pew Pew, uh, my Mira, my favorite uh, guitar, one of my, well, it's one of my two favorite guitars, but it's definitely one of my two that I've been playing forever since 2013 when I got it. Uh, it, it moves, it's a PRS guitar and the neck moves all the time. Like if it's, if it rains tomorrow, when I, when I pull it off the wall the next day, it'll be that I'll have to adjust the truss rod. It's one of the few guitars I have to adjust all the time. And again, this is back to what I was talking about before, emotional response. Um, I have another mirror. I have another mirror that doesn't move and it doesn't have any issues <laughs> and it sounds great and plays great. But for some reason, I'm just attached to that mirror. So, uh, so, so what I'm telling you so far, that's not a horrible thing that you're saying. I understand it's not ideal, but sometimes, you know, uh, you know, John Mayer's main strat, the black one with the, that's all beat up, uh, that next twisted. So uh, he says, okay, so let's get to the heart of his question. He's saying that uh, it's moving more than my other guitars. The truss rod adjustment feels really tight and almost maxed. Is it a bad neck? Does it need replaced? Um, well, there's a couple things. If it's a brand new guitar and you just got it I and you're not bonded to it, maybe you should take it to a certified Fender warranty center and have them take a look at it. Um, and, uh, and again, I, I caution you only with the, the, you know, please make sure you go to someone you trust, you know, don't like somebody who's lazy and doesn't want to put in a parts order and swap and do all that work. Cause, um, I, I, I hate that I have to say these things, but you, I want you guys to understand that, you know, as a, as a, for the first 10 years I did repair, I didn't do any warranty work. Uh, well, nine years, nine years. And it was because I didn't like working for the reduced rate. I, I had enough work. I didn't need any work. Um, some shops use the uh, warranty work as not only as a way to kind of put make them authority, like, hey, we're all certified warranty for Taylor and Fender and Gibson. And that, that obviously encourages you to believe like, oh, well, they obviously do good work. They wouldn't be a warranty center. And you, there's tests you take. So, I mean, it's, it's legit, legitimate to some degree for sure. Um, however, uh, the reason I caution everybody is I have, I have thousands of stories, uh, from me, from friends, from customers, uh, for over the years of taking it to warranty centers and, you know, they don't want to work for the reduced rate, <laughs> right? They want, they want the references coming in, but they don't do the work. So I tell you that not because I think that's going to happen. I just want you to be prepared that if you go somewhere and you get a weird feeling, 
be aware that that, you know, trust your gut. If you go into somewhere and and uh, for warranty work and you don't feel like you're getting the answer. I've told you guys this before. I will tell you this is specifically with Fender, but also other brands too. If you ever take it to any product to a warranty center, in other words, a, a third party, a, a place where they do the work uh, outside of the company, let's say like a Fender warranty center, Taylor warranty center, and you don't, and the warranty center tells you something that doesn't feel right or sound right, don't be afraid to call the customer service of that company and ask them and you'll be shocked. I could tell you right now, almost half the time, the customer service will give you a different answer. And sometimes that's because the shop maybe maybe didn't want to do the work or there's some nefarious things there. But actually sometimes just that extra call to customer service, they you know, it's like escalating your complaint. Their customer service is like, okay, well, let's just take care of it because obviously the warrant center saying no wasn't enough. So we'll do it. Uh, so so in that case with your neck, that's what I would do. You obviously feel nervous about it. You obviously super chatted me 10 bucks because uh, you're, you're concerned about this. So I would say if you're concerned about this, you, you want peace of mind. It's not an inexpensive guitar. You want to keep this guitar for a long time. I would take it in. It does by the way, if you've had it even a little while, you can take it to a certified warranty center and have them take a look at it. And if it's something that they will, uh, and if, if they're working on these guitars all the time, they'll know if it's something out of sorts. It doesn't really sound out of sorts to me. Um, but it doesn't sound like an amazing neck. How about that? <laughs> right? Sometimes that's what, you know, sometimes you get the, the luck of the draw. Um, so, but do, do your best diligence for yourself. Okay, so what do we got? Ishinri Kid, hey, what's up? Says, does Gibson sell four conductor 57 classic plus question mark? I can't find them online anywhere. I want to replace the BB1 and uh, two on my Les Paul traditional. Um, I thought they did. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I could Google it like anybody else, but I'm, I'm assuming because you said you looked around. They're not there. Um, this is going to be silly, but this is, I guess, why sometimes you ask a question. Did you contact Gibson Customer Service now? I think they're open now. So they've been closed for a little while, but they're open now. Uh, they should be able to do that. And what sometimes you need is uh, sometimes products like that are not sold as a replacement product aftermarket, but they are sold internally with the company. So they'll be able to tell you if that thing exists or not. Um, I mean, obviously, I have 57 classic pickups in my Les Pauls that are coil split. At least I believe so, because I'm trying to do off memory. But uh, that being said, I, I didn't buy them aftermarket, so I don't know. Maybe that was something they did specifically for the, the series, you know, the guitar, but not for aftermarket. But again, that's an easy fix. Call Gibson and find out. And then email me and tell me. <laughs> and then I'll know for next time. Uh, Hanner Gunson, what's up, buddy? How's it going? He says, 2K for toilet paper. I think that's that's an old joke, man. I appreciate going for it, but are we, I think everybody's got toilet paper again, right? This is the, uh, the uh, no toilet paper is over. Uh, where I live, they're going back to work, I guess. So I've been working this whole time. It's so when you work from home, it's nothing changes for you. Just work. Um, let's see. Uh, hold on. Let me jump back over the non super chats. Cause you guys really lo uh, log me down with some super chats, but I want to see what everybody's talking about. Find some cool stuff to talk about. What else? What else do we have to talk about? Um, hold on. Hold on. 
Ah, Lisa, great question. Is my uke still my favorite travel guitar? You know, <laughs> Lisa, that's funny because um, only because my favorite travel guitar I thought was going to be this Kiesel. I thought this Kiesel. I thought that's what I was going to take now. I was, I was like, I was like, as soon as that showed up, actually back before that, actually, let's start with the Vader. With the Kiesel Vader, I thought, okay, I'm going to finally have this really nice high-end guitar that I can put in a small gig bag and travel with. And I was very excited about that. And then no traveling. Um, but uh, yes, up until that, that so so for the, the actual answer of the question is yes, it's still my favorite because it's the only thing I've used. If you guys don't know what she's talking about, um, I still have it. Uh, my, I, I mean, I, I'm literally, I think it's my second video I ever made on YouTube is called uh, Why I Use a Ukulele for Travel. And it's, it's a trick. It's a six string Gretsch ukulele. It's what I take everywhere. Um, and yeah, that's what I take everywhere. Um, but my plan was to start taking this cool headless electric guitar places, you know what I mean? Have electric guitar and plug in my laptop and record when I'm traveling in the hotels and stuff. But, you know, alas, no traveling, but yes. Um, what else do we got? What else do you guys got to talk about? Something cool, I'm sure. Um, ah, a lot of letters says... <laughs> <laughs> do you like SD Seymour Duncan Hyperion pickups? Have you considered changing the amount of your AZ? Ah, oh, man. I hate it when you guys ask me stuff like this because I get creeped out. Like, is there like a can't? Does the camera stay on in this room and stuff? Uh, no, I do not like the Seymour Duncan Hyperion pickups. I don't know why I don't like them. Uh, it, I don't hate them. I just don't like them. Uh, that's the one thing like my AZs, that's the one thing I'm not bonding with is the overall tonality of the guitars. Um, I love the way they feel. I love the, the vibe of them. And so you back up, actually, what's funny is my premium. Oh, can you guys hear that? That's the machine going, uh, my premium AZ uh, sounds great. And I think it has Hyperions as well. And, and, and I thought I read as much as I can. I cannot find where the premiums have a different version of that pickup than, the uh, prestige but uh to answer your question uh, i'm not in love with those pickups and i am currently right now literally right now as you speak this week changing out a set of hyperions uh to some different pickups um and um i will let you know how that goes i'll let you know if i like those better so obviously if i do uh i'll be doing it to all my uh, uh well, both my AZs, and uh, because the Hyperions go for top dollar on um, eBay, I saw that and, and Reverb, I saw that people are getting two to three hundred dollars a set used. So I plan to, uh, if I don't, if I like the new pickups, to sell the old ones off, obviously to pay for the new ones. That's that's uh, that's what made me kind of decide to do it. I was like, well, you know, do I really want to put new pickups in this guitar? And then when I was looking at them used, I was like, well, I can sell the Hyperions for used for as much or more than what the replacement pickups are going to cost. I hope you guys can hear me fine. It is loud. They are grinding brick. So, uh, the mana, 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 mango, Lloyd. Ah, mongoloid. You know, I was just making fun of myself with some friends about me not reading these sign-ons sometimes correctly that there's some of them are so strange that you just kind of phonetically stumble through them. And then some of them you're like, you're, you're phonetically going through it. You realize it's actually not anything weird. So yeah, the mongoloid says, where do you actually gig? I can't tell you it's a secret. Uh, what's the biggest crowd I've ever played for? 
um, so seriously, <laughs> seriously, uh, where do I actually gig? Well, uh, nowhere because of COVID. Um, but before I would go to a lot of jam nights and stuff. I've you know, I mean, and, and go play with friends. I don't play in a band per se, uh, because I work all the time. That is, uh, that is the downfall of my gig. Uh, pre YouTube, I worked all the time too. Same thing. It's a the YouTube, actually the YouTube gig actually just was add another added job onto the mess. So, um, the biggest crowd I ever played for was the, the rockin' 1000 last year. That was 26,000 people. Um, and, um, that was crazy because, um, that was that was an experience I don't think I could ever well one I'll never have again at least I hope I'll never have it again I enjoyed it but I would never do that that experience again uh, I don't know if I ever told you guys what happened with that basically what happened at Rock 1000 is on Friday afternoon or Friday we had to start learning 18 songs to perform in front of everybody on Sunday um, so we learned the 18 songs um, and performed them uh, in basically two and a half, three days in front of 26,000 people. Um, yeah, that was really crazy. <laughs> that was the first time I ever done that. Now I have done crazy close to that. I've done, I've learned like five or six songs, uh, in, in a couple days or in a day. And I've even done as recent in the last year or two, I've performed some gigs where I learned a song, um, uh, like I think with this, when I played with Phil X at the GitCon thing, uh, the song we played, I learned that song um, while they were doing sound check for the song. Uh, so I learned the song in like three, four minutes, and then we jumped on stage and just went with it. Uh, so sometimes you have to do that on the fly. Um, but on bass, I see I obviously I'm very much I'm more comfortable with myself on bass. Um, and then performance, other than that, playing in front of people. I mean, I've played in front of. See, I used to play. I've played in front of uh, large Pentecostal churches, um, and um, uh, those are pretty big crowds. So those are pretty big crowds. But I don't know. It's not. It's never anything I've been really cared to do. I can tell you this as a weird thing. I've played in front of way more people than I've ever wanted to. <laughs> I've never had any goals in my life to ever perform in front of anyone ever. Uh, it's funny how uh, life takes you down this road. There's a couple things I could tell you for sure. One, I would never tell anyone uh, in a million years. Well, I don't tell anybody. I would never in a million years guess that I would be doing any kind of YouTube. I don't like cameras. I don't like being in front of people. I don't like interacting with people <laughs> in groups. I don't like performing. Um, it's And I've done lots and lots of it to this day. So it's kind of a weird thing. So even sometimes I go, well, maybe I do because I keep doing it. Um, but it's not something I've sought anything I've sought out. It's just, I keep kind of stumbling. I just kind of like a Mr. Magoo. I keep stumbling into this stuff. This YouTube, the live show hanging out with you guys. This is Mr. Magoo. I just literally did a live show one day and a bunch of people started watching it. And then I kind of, I go with it. You know what I mean? Cause I'm having fun. I'm having fun. I'm gonna keep doing it. So on that note, uh, what else? Uh, okay. So hold on. We have a couple super chats. Let me hit one or two real quick. Um, we have uh, Sasha. Sasha says, hey, Phil, a month ago or so, I asked how to uh, relieve the neck. Your suggestion of going with much higher tension strings is working out. Thank you for the suggestion. If you guys don't remember, thank you, Sasha. I'm glad uh, glad it worked out, one. And two, thank you for giving the update. That's awesome to hear because it's I, I try to get a gauge of whether or not this, you know, 
whether or not what I'm saying is working or not. Um, and so in his question, what happened, if you guys remember, his question was he had a neck that he'd relieved the truss rod as much as it could go, and then and then he still he couldn't pull the neck uh, straight. So I told him to increase the tension of strings and let those sit on there a while and let them kind of straighten the neck out and, and pull the neck kind of uh, pull the neck straight, so to, say, so to, so to speak. And that worked out. Uh, and it's a trick I've used many times when I been in a situation where I'm like, uh, you know, it's a Hail Mary pass at that point. You know what I mean? There's a couple times when you, you're about to make the phone call to a customer about their guitar not being fixable. And then you're like, well, let's try this. And, and then sometimes you're like, woohoo. And then they come pick it up a couple days later and you're like, and they're like, oh, it's great. And you're like, yep. And sometimes most of the time you don't tell them, you know what I mean? You just don't want them to, to worry about it. But it's funny how many times you'd be shocked uh, one in a hundred but that's a lot one in a hundred one hundred times you're just like i don't think i can fix this guitar um randy says if you get a chance to demo a 50s gibson inspired les paul please do i just got one heritage charity cherry not charity cherry about a month ago i absolutely love it uh the community should know uh i used to have a 50s gibson uh custom shop i've had a, i used to have a bunch of 50 i used to have a bunch of gibson custom shop guitars uh when you st I started my channel you have to look at the very beginning i had one or two of the custom shops in the videos sometimes uh and i went through this phase where i was playing all the gibson custom shops and i really liked them and the only reason i got rid of them was i sold them because obviously they all had good value in them you know what i mean they were good valuable money-wise guitars and I wasn't playing them as much and so what I did and I've seen a lot of players do this it's a very logical step for somebody sometimes it's nice to have a guitar that you like sometimes it's not nice though if the guitar you don't play that often is your most expensive guitar so that's what happened with those they were coming some of my more expensive guitars I wasn't playing them as much so I sold them and got a standard Gibson Les Pauls because they cost less and I don't play them as much. Um, I call it side salads, right? So sometimes the main course guitars, the guitars that you love playing. And in my case, it gets frustrating because uh, if you take my top favorite, let's say three or four guitars, maybe even five guitars, they're not my cheapest guitars that I own, but they are far from anything close to the more expensive guitars I own. So it's it really makes it hard to justify those bigger expenses. But that those are great guitars. I loved everything about them. I just I'm more of a strat guy. That's all that will happen. You're you know, I love Les Pauls. I love the sound. I love the uh, everything about them. Um, but for some reason when I pick up strat, it's not even the comfort thing, although that's a big part of it. Just something about single coils, you know, this through the Princeton amp just sounds good to me. Grumpy Mike. Hey, Grumpy Mike, how's it going? Let me sip some water. Did you happen to notice I was wearing my KYG shirt in last video? Uh, love that shirt. Cheers. I did not. I have not been watching any videos this week. Um, uh, I've been extremely busy. And then there's construction, <laughs> which has been uh, hard to to juggle with what I'm doing. So I haven't been watching anything, I, nothing, no content. Uh, it's been, it's been a, a black hole. Um, in, in fact, uh, I can tell you, I can tell you this Saturday, Saturday, Monday, and Tuesday, I spent about nine hours, no exaggeration, nine hours, maybe 10 each day straight with maybe a bathroom break or two, uh, in front of the computer doing something on a project. So, I mean, it's literally just, and then, so you can imagine when I was done with those every day, I was like, I just didn't want to see a computer or my, uh, you know, and the only reason I didn't do it Sunday was because it was Mother's Day. Otherwise I've been working all day Monday, Mother's Day too, but, uh, 
Um, and it's and it was tough because even my wife was like she understood if I had to work because she knows I had to get the project done. But you know, you gotta spend some time with the family. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, you know, you may pay the bills. They won't even know your name. <laughs> They're like that's that guy that comes in sometimes and pays the bills and leaves. Um, G- Gary, Big G. All right. Gary Big G says, a friend just bought a Japan, Japan, I don't know why I'm saying that way, a Japan Fender Precision Light uh, with a jacked up finish for $350. Any opinion? Thanks, man. Um, well, that's a good price, and it sounds like it's because it had the jacked up finish, $350. Um, I like the Precision Light. It's a ja- the and Japanese Fenders, of course, are good. So it's a good guitar. The price seems right, even with the finish issues. So that's my opinion. <laughs> Okay, let's let me go back to the main page. Uh, there's 700 700 of us hanging out, so let's see what else. Oh, uh, I gotta tell you a funny story. On a side note, I gotta tell you what happened to me. Uh, just because I like sharing somehow how I just constantly am just getting older and older. So I think I mentioned to you guys that my eyes are going to crap, and I think I'm at the point now where I might have to actually get glasses for the first time. And uh, so here's what's funny about this. So. Uh, Teespring, where you guys buy shirts. I buy shirts too. Um, oh, and that's a, another thing that's important. See, I got to make two important notices. Are in, uh, yeah, notices. Uh, first is if you bought a limited edition KYG Know Your Gear Chrome T-shirt. Um, I had talked about the fact that they sent them out and they didn't look like Chrome. Some of you guys, uh, I asked you guys to, if you got one and you didn't like it, complain. And some of you guys said you were fine with it. I worked with Teespring and what's happening is don't, you don't have to do anything. Every single person who bought that shirt, who got that shirt is getting a Chrome shirt. It's being sent out. You don't have to do anything. Most of them are on their way right now. You'll probably see in the next week or so. Um, I, I've been working with Teespring, and basically I, I told them this was unacceptable. And uh, here's the easy part. Like I said, whether you complained or not, I said, look, we have the list of people. Just send them the right shirt. So you'll get you'll get to keep the shirt that they sent, which just looked like a gray subdued logo, which I that was cool. Keep that shirt and then you'll get your Chrome shirt too. Easy enough. You don't have to do, like I said, you don't have to do anything. I'm just letting you guys know. Uh, so that's coming for you guys. But on a side note, uh, you know, cause we sell a lot of shirts, which is why I think they took care of us. The, uh, the other announcement is hats. They, uh, my wife, uh, just worked out the new logo for the new hats. The new logo looks like the old logo, but, uh, believe it or not, the, the know your gear logo, it's the some of the parts are so thin the guitars are so thin that they couldn't stitch it because the hats will be stitched because they're dad hats yeah yeah dad hats you got to get used to that stupid kids anyways uh, (laughs) i'm a dad i don't know why it bugs me but it bugs me it's called a dad hat i think it's because it's like it's a you know it's like a old farmer ted hat no offense to anyone named Ted who's a farmer watching. Anyways, uh, so the, the the new Know Your Gear shirts, I think we're going to have two. I'm not sure, but they'll be stitched, and uh, they're working on that right now. So the good part is that's coming. Uh, that's an announcement soon. But the other thing that happened was kind of funny, and I just want to talk about this, is they sent me, Teespring sent me a award. They sent me a thing saying, hey, you sold uh, so much merch or enough merch. We're going to give you a shirt. So basically I could pick any shirt I want of the new year shirts and I get a free shirt. So I went in there and the archive of shirts that I see in the archive of shirts you guys see publicly are different because the patrons, uh, when they hit certain tiers, they can get access to shirts that, you know, are special and they get, uh, custom shirts made. So the reason why I'm sharing this with you is I saw this shirt and I go, Oh, this shirt's cool. So I ordered it 
And I knew it was a custom shirt, and it's a shirt that's for a spe special patron because uh, they designed it. And so obviously my wife designed this with them. So I got this, and it's the Duck Walk guy. That's why I picked it. I go, oh, it's a purple guitar. It's a purple PRS Simi Hollow. See, it's got the Simi Hollow single cut. And I got the shirt. And so when I got the shirt, I opened it up, and I went, oh, what the hell? They do the shirt now. They, like, chip the... To chip the shirt there's like paint missing and then i looked at it and it's a dude holding a coffee cup so then i showed it to my wife and my wife goes oh yeah i made that for one of the patrons and i go i had no idea it's a dude holding a coffee cup <laughs> so i have now a cool this cool shirt i don't know if you guys can buy the shirt if it's on the thing but there is uh a uh a firebird style guitar and a strandberger style guitar up on the thing i put a link uh, those are new or different, um, but I thought I'd share that story because that was funny because that definitely convinced me I need glasses. One, I didn't see it in the picture of the online on the screen, and two, when the shirt came in, I didn't even see it was a coffee cup, and that's a pretty big coffee cup. <laughs> so that's my blind coffee cup story, and whoever had that shirt designed, uh, whichever patron did that, uh, it's cool as hell. That's a cool shirt. <laughs> So uh, not only because the coffee cup, but just because, you know, it's a, it's a semi-hollow guitar uh, PRS, which is what I have as well. Um, so now we're twinsies. That might be the lamest thing I've ever said on the show. But, you know, thank goodness you guys wouldn't dare start counting all the lame things I say. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get to let's get to some some questions. N enough of me going on. Uh uh, Raymond wants to know, what do you do when you find you're not playing and doing other things? Animal Crossing took a lot of my guitar time. I hope everyone's, uh, hits like, okay. So he hopes everybody hits like, I hope they do too. I just want to make sure I understand the question. What do you do when you find yourself not playing and doing other things? Okay. Animal Crossing took a, a, a lot of my guitar time. Uh, so, uh, I have not, uh, I usually, for me, it's pretty easy. Every, and, I, and I say pretty easy in the weirdest way. For me, there is this realization that I need to spend time with my family. And there's a realization that I do need to spend time with like maybe friends or relax. Okay. But almost all of those times happen out of just exhaustion. Um, and I don't know if it's just because I've been uh, self-employed. Literally, I've been self-employed now for 15 years, almost 16 years. Uh, and so you understand, like, for 16 years, uh, whether, you know, however you perceive what I do or how, what, how it works, uh, I literally, my paycheck is I create one. Uh, every day I get up and I have to do something to make money. Um, and I have all these, you know, things I do, all these businesses and projects that I work with, but, um, there is no check coming. <laughs> so, uh, because of that, you work in almost perpetual fear. A lot of you guys who are either commissioned salespeople or are entrepreneurs or are small business people will understand this feeling. There is a constant fear of death of constant fear of, uh, tomorrow will be the last day I make money and then my children starve and everything goes to crap. And, 
uh, and I think that's why if I come across sometimes when you talk about guitars and I kind of have this vibe, like, you know, I'm like, I'm not really connected to them emotionally the way some of you guys think I should be. Um, I enjoy this. This is definitely the joy for me. And I've turned my joy into an income through multiple different ways. However, in the back of my head, this crap's almost always ready to be on sale and go away. Right. There's always like tomorrow is the day that I just have to sell everything I own and, and, and see how that goes. Um, and I've come close two or three times in the last 15 years to pretty much the, the, the edge of the apocalypse. Um, uh, obviously, the last recession didn't help, but I'm just saying, you know, it's, so it's a feeling. And one of the great one of the great things that ever happened to me in my life, which was very, very uh, therapeutic for me, was I got to meet George Lynch. Uh, at my store once and had an interesting conversation with him. And uh, I'm not, I know it sounds like I'm name dropping, but it's important to the story. It's not just because he's George Lynch. Um, he said that uh, he checks the Sunday paper. His joke was he says he checks the Sunday paper um, for the one ads every Sunday <laughs> because, you know, he doesn't have a job. And that's what was funny to me when he said it to me, it was my first time I realized like, I don't have a job. Like no one's under contract to, pay me. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like when you're not a kid anymore and no one's responsible for feeding, clothing you. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I got to do that crap myself. So you wake up every day with this, like, uh, you know, my health insurance is self-paid, you know, not self-paid, but I mean, I, I pay for myself, uh, my insurance pr program. So there's, it's not like a company program. So what I'm saying is, is, uh, uh, that keeps me working all the time. And then constantly your family, like my wife's pulling me back saying, Hey, maybe you should take a day off or, and you realize that stuff. So what I'm saying is, uh, I try to enjoy myself. Um, but most of the time I just work all the time. And luckily I've created a work that is fun enough to where I don't really feel like I'm missing out anything. Cause a lot of my work is fun. So there you go. I would never dare say, uh, if you do what you love, you never work another day in your life. I, I don't agree with that statement. I just don't. I, I agree with the statement is if you got to work, you should probably do something you love. That's probably a better way of looking at it, right? If you have to work, try to do, you know, try to do something you like to do. It will make it less horrible, <laughs> right? I guess. I don't know, but it's all work. All right. Um, I hope that hope I hope that makes sense to somebody out there. Um, let's see. Stone Dome 93 says it's i'm like chrome dome 93 right there uh it says uh, what's your opinion of the sterling by music man guitars namely the jp and the majesty guitars are they worth the money uh yeah i like the jp uh well i'm not a big majesty majesty fan i like the majesty um I, you know i've played a bunch of them they are fantastic guitars uh that being said i, I don't have any draw to have one but I like them. The JPs are more of my thing because they're more like the Strat, you know, bolt-on neck, kind of more vibe. That's why I have one. I have a JP behind me. Ta-da! Whatever the blue one is behind me. Sterlings are fantastic, <laughs> right? Um, my one of my one of my regrets on YouTube was I got to work with Sterling by Music Man for a short time. I don't know why it, it ended, but it did. They reached out to me and said, uh, "Would you like to review some guitars?" and at the time, I don't know why I did this. I did this once with Fender too, and it was just the dumbest thing I ever did. Um, Fender once said, hey, we'd like to send you a guitar. And at the time, you guys were so into the Squire Contemporary. I was like, yeah, my audience wants the Squire Contemporary. And they sent it out. And I remember my wife's comment when I said, hey, Fender said they'd send me a guitar to do a video with. And I said, uh, and the audience wants the Squire Contemporary. And my wife said, well, why didn't you just have them send something you want and then just buy the Squire Contemporary because it's probably cheaper. And I was like, 
oh, why didn't I do that? <laughs> why, 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 why didn't, it didn't occur to me, right? I thought I was just like, oh, you know, it'd make a good video. Um, it's kind of the, the YouTube vibe, you know, hey, could make good content. Um, the, 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 uh, Sterling deal was the same deal. Um, I said, hey, I want a roasted neck. And, and they said, well, it'd be a while before we can get you a JP, but we can get you the, the Valentine. And I said, okay, do that. <laughs> And they sent that, and that's the one I did the video of. Uh, but to be honest, I was like, man, why didn't I pick the JP? I want one. Uh, I would actually like to get a Sterling JP 7-string. That would be a guitar that I would I would definitely put on my radar as a cool guitar that I'd like to get. So uh, so if it helps, that's uh, I guess I'm telling you I like them. I think Sterling to Music Man is what SE is to PRS. They are very, very good guitars. And although they are slightly different than the core versions of their guitars, uh, they are so good on their own right that it's not about them not being as good as the American counterparts. It's just about them being really good and, you know, maybe less features or different components. So. All right. Hold on. You know, Zach sent this question. I'm going to answer it. It's not even in order. What's better, roasted maple or roasted turkey? Well, I don't think you should eat the roasted maple. It probably won't come out on the other end very good in the morning. So, you know, I mean, Zach, I'm just preparing you right now. That's a, If you've ever had a splinter in your ass, I think roasted maple would definitely do that. Um, <laughs> but I'll still say roasted maple. Okay, what else do we got? How are we doing on time? We're doing great. Um, Dale says, I work for myself for a few years too. There are pros and cons, but it worked out for me. Uh, yeah, Dale, you know, I, I've, I've said this, I'll say this to my, my, my closest friends. Uh, I'll say it to you guys now. Uh, I work for myself because no one would pay me. <laughs> uh, to do, to do, uh, this is the reality of this, right? Uh, the, the, my self-employment world has happened because, um, no one would pay me what I'd want to get, you know, what I need to get paid or want to get paid. You know what I mean? So I had to find a way to do it myself this way. That's why I did that way. Um, that's just how that works. I came from a different industry and I made, there was more money in that industry than this industry. And so when I wanted to come over and do guitar stuff, you know, my wife, uh, who's a very, uh, you know, understanding person basically said, fine, but you're not going to take a huge pay cut. And I was like, Oh, well, we better figure that out. So I figured it out so far. I mean, I'm going to, um, hold on real quick guys. Give me a second. Just give me a second. Um, okay. All right. Sorry guys. I just had to, to button up something. Okay. So here we go. Um, <laughs> Michael, <laughs> Michael, you know, I was going to do a giveaway. So I got good news and bad for you, Michael. One, I'm going to read your joke because I love it. The good that's the good news is not I love your joke. The good news is I told you guys last week I was gonna uh I tried the clots cables this week. I loved them. They were fantastic. Uh I said I'd give some away. So this is the uh, LX, uh LXR. This is the XLR cable, mic cable, and then the guitar cable. You get to pick. 
Uh, Michael, you win this. Okay. Here's the bad news. Only if you live in the U.S. Because I just can't go do the customs paperwork and ship this stuff overseas. So, Michael, uh, Michael uh, Cruz, uh, send me an email to pmcknight7 at gmail.com or, you know, any of the emails posted or work to get to me. Just put that you're the Michael uh, Cruz from this and pick. tell me which one you want shipped to you if you're in the U.S. If you're in the U.S., I'll ship it to you. If you're not in the U.S., you win a T-shirt because that I can go through Teespring and hit a button and they ship it for me. I just don't. Uh, the problem with the overseas shipments is I, I end up taking weeks before I finally get to the post office and get it out shipped to you guys. And I just don't, I don't want to frustrate anybody. So, uh, let me know which one you pick. Thank you. How did he win? He won because I liked his comment. His comment was, but you have unlimited unpaid vacation. Yes. <laughs> yes. There are a lot of good things about this gig. And yes, the unpaid vacation is not one of them. Uh, Yes. <laughs> All right. It's uh, <laughs> cool. All right. Let's go to some other questions, man. Thanks, Michael. That was funny. And I wanted to do a cool ca uh, cable giveaway, and it worked out. So I don't have to worry about sorting through names and stuff. Funniest comment. All right. Uh, what do we got? Uh, we have some comments. What do we have? We have a bunch. Am I messing up already? Uh, Pedro. Pedro says, should I upgrade my Jazzmaster bridge? Saddle screws hit strings. Height screws loosen easily. Also thinking of a Loctite and shortening the screws. Uh, well, Pedro, here's the deal, man. Uh, it's a sweat equity thing. If you're willing to put the time in to do exactly what you said, maybe you know, uh, file them down, put some Loctite, try to fix the bridge you have, try it. Here's how I here's what how I would handle it if it was me. Here's how I handle all of my personal endeavors when it comes to repairs like that. I try to fix it. If that works, then I uh, then then I'm done. And if it doesn't work, then I, then I buy the aftermarket part. The only exception would be if the part that I'm going to try to work on has value and I can sell that part to subsidize the part I'm buying. I.e., like uh, the AZ. I was talking about selling the pickups out of that to pay for the new pickups. Um, but in, in this case, I would say, yeah, try to mod the bridge. If it doesn't work, then buy the bridge. You're, you're not losing options doing it that way. Um, Marco says, tomorrow I'll try the pedal truck by more. All right. I think he just wanted us to know that. <laughs> and here's his cool. Normally, that'd be just a weird kind of like, hey, you're just letting us all know, which I'm actually excited about. But also, I don't know what a pedal truck is. So I will, when I index this, put a link to it, and then I'll check it out, which is cool. Uh, Aaron says, uh, thoughts on rediscovering old gear in a jam. I recently set up a quick pedal board and a Mark five, uh, Mark five 25. And I can't believe I thought this wasn't good enough. That is the thing that I get frustrated with when people tell you or tell me or tell any of us, like, why do you need, you know, so many amps or guitars? Well, you don't, but why do you have them? That's different than need. Cause you don't need any of this crap. <laughs> None of this is a need. Stop saying that. Uh, it's just stuff we love. This is our passion. And and there's no shame in that. I'm, I'm passionate about music and I want to have musical instruments. And you work and you deserve them. So work and get them, I guess. My point, though, is, is that I constantly have that same thing you're talking about. Right now, I am out of love with my Mark 525. See, isn't it funny? It's, it goes in phases. Like, I'm just not digging it. Haven't been digging it for the last couple months, maybe a month or two. Just playing other stuff. And here's what's great. 
I'll pull it out one day and it'll be great. It'll play, it'll play and sound great. And same thing with guitars. Uh, so sometimes, you know, you have to do that. Sometimes what I like to do is, uh, I either rebox them up, re or put the covers on them or guitars. I'll put them in the cases or gig bags and put them away and just get them out of sight for a while and then pull them out and check them out later. And it's nice. It's better than buying a new piece of gear because you are rekindling the thing that you already like. And, um, it's better. You know what I mean? Sometimes, you know, I got some advice from a friend. I'll say it's the Tone King. So he gave me this advice once. He once made the comment, I think most of us can say this. And even if you only have like two guitars and one or two pedals, you know what I mean? Just keep in mind, I think what he was saying made sense, which is a lot of us already have the best music stores in the world in our homes because it's the gear we picked out specifically. It's just, you know, you get tired of it. So now you want to search out new gear. And sometimes you need to kind of re, you know, pretend like you're, not shopping in your own store, but kind of checking out your own stuff again. You know what I mean? Go through and, and check those things out, try new things or take things away and bring them back. Uh, this is great. It's easier on the pocketbook. It's definitely easier on the having stuff in your house, maybe keeping your significant other happy. So you're not buying all this crap that you, uh, you know, don't need. <laughs> really on the don't need thing today. I, I don't mean that as much as I'm saying, but you understand what I'm saying, right? Uh, I think it's just because, to be honest with you, with COVID and stuff, I found myself more thankful for things. And uh, I'm very thankful to have nice guitars. I'm very thankful to have community to talk to. I've been more thankful late, lately. Um, and it's made me realize, of course, you know, revitalize my feeling again that, you know, no matter what you have, you should be thankful for it. So, because... You know, you, there's worse, worse things. Uh, Shawnee is a Cubs fan says, hi, Phil. Have you ever played a mahogany body fender strat? I have. I have. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll, let me keep reading your question. I'll tell you my, my, uh, my, my favorite strat. Uh, looking at the HSS model on reverb, cheers from Chicago and stay safe. Thank you, buddy. Um, they always had that red one. But uh, I want to say back in 2015, might have been 2015, 2016. I want to say 2015. Fender made a mahogany Strat. It was a standard or a professional. It doesn't matter. It was the production model. But it was a mahogany body. was slightly thinner, right? They made it like an eighth of an inch thinner. I love that guitar. It was one of the few times when I plugged in something went, a tone wood maybe right <laughs> it's the same pickup same guitar why does it sound and feel different and and uh it sounded different uh so yeah i like the idea i like the idea of a mahogany uh fender strat in fact i kind of like always like toy with the idea i should just get a mahogany strat body and and uh and and have a mahogany strat but yeah i obviously like them uh, a lot uh pat says best way to remove paint from a squire strat uh, I got a free one going to total re totally redo and fun experience. Uh, uh, whoa, something, something jumped. Uh, one YouTube guy said heat gun. Um, yeah, I can see where that works. I I'm going to warn you right now. Let me start Pat by just telling you what's ahead of you. I'm not trying to discourage you from it. I just want to give you a realistic expectation on especially squires and, and the import style guitars. The finish on those things is super thick. It's super thick. It's weird. It doesn't look thick, but it is. Um, and in my experience, I, I don't know if a heat gun works. It might. I mean, it will help you kind of release the paint and you can try to chip it off and stuff. But either way, if it was me, I would just power sand it, get the mask on. You gotta have you have to wear the right mask. You you do. Look, man, the you know, this this stuff ain't this is not 
you know, this is serious stuff. Get it, get the right mask. And um, because you don't want to be breathing that stuff in. It's basically plastic. Uh, And then I'd power sand the the stuff off is just how I've done it in the past. But if a heat gun works, I'd give it a try. I can't imagine it would uh, mess up. The, the thing I would probably do is is find a spot that obviously you could try and, and try different uh, try that onto. I don't think there's a solvent that I've used or seen that works really good for removing the finish. Um, so there you go. Um, I will tell you this. I've sanded enough of those uh, stupid guitars now that it, if I can, sometimes now you can buy cheap, unfinished bodies and i just buy those now but you know it's 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 up to you but it's it's just that finish it's 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 definitely the import stuff because because any of the stuff made in the usa and stuff you can you can sand that stuff off even if it's polyurethane it comes off pretty pretty easy but man i don't know what it is they like cake that stuff with that clear coat that clear coat is just so thick and it just never it never, it just, it feels like it's never ending. Uh, yeah, Todd Flowers saying heat gun works uh, great on poly. Again, I think it will work too. The The problem is, I it, like I said, it'll bubble off and you can scrape it, but um, you can kind of get it to release too. But either way, you're going to do some sanding. I can't imagine you're going to be able to get it off without sanding. Um, uh, let's see. Sean says, need a 212... Uh, the Harley Benton 212 vertical V30s is a bargain. It is. Uh, but PH to Australia. Oh, yeah. That must be the shipping and handling to Australia. Cost the same as the 212. Why can't I accept it? It's a, still a good deal to pay. Well, I understand, man. No one, it's a psychological. No one wants to do that. It's why, it's why when you're on reverb and there's a guitar for like $500, you're like, that's a smoking deal. I'd pay seven and it's like 150 shipping. And you're like, that's ridiculous. Even though that's 650 total, it's less than what you would pay. The psychology of like 150 for shipping, it only costs like 60, 70 bucks a ship. What's with this guy's problem? It like bugs you. <laughs> it does. It just bugs you. It's, it's the psychology of the money. It's, there's a real, there's a realness to that. Um, should it bother you? I probably not. <laughs> right. Um, you know, um, uh, what I could tell you is this, uh, is if it's, you can buy it and it's a good bargain overall total price. Don't worry about what part of it is shipping. What part isn't, you know what I mean? Uh, you know what I mean? I, it's hard for me to give you advice because I have friends in Australia and I know you guys are like super screwed when it comes to this stuff on the gear and the prices. Uh, so I, I understand, you know what I mean? So it's hard to give you like, Hey, don't worry about it. But it's when it's your money, right? Hey, it's your only, it's only money, only your money. What do I care? <laughs> but seriously, um, unless you find, well, here's the other thing, Sean, unless you find an alternative to that, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you have, what options you have. Uh, all right. Noise with NAMIs. Sure. Uh, what is your opinion on the Charvel DC one desolation Floyd Rose with EMGs? Oh man. Taking me back. Anything to look out when buying used. So if you guys don't remember, do you guys remember when, uh, Charvel decided they wanted to be Schecter? Do you guys remember those years? That was like 2000. I don't know. 10 sounds right. Right. 10 to 2010. I mean, you know, it's hard when you have to look back in the, you know, time factor. Um, so Charvel decided to do Desolation. Desolation was a series of guitars that were made in China and they were mahogany neck bo- bodies. A lot of them were set necks. Some of them are neck throughs. Uh, they looked like Schecter's. They came in the red and that blue and the 
the trans black, trans black, trans red, trans blue, and uh, and then they had solid black and stuff. Very good guitars uh, for the price. They all had uh, all of them, not all of them, but all of them had EMGs. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. All of them had EMGs, but not all of them. Most of them had EMGs. Some had Seymour Duncan blackouts, and uh, then there were some limited runs that did Seymour Duncans, but majority of them had EMGs. The guitars were really good. In fact, so good, I, th- I think now when you see them used, they're, they're still used for what they were new. Um, and to be honest with you, that was such a debacle at the end. I was a dealer for that. Um, what ended up happening with that is a funny story. It's why, why all this companies buying companies crap gets messy. So what happened was when Charvel decided to do that, that we're trying to get a youth, more youthful audience. And they thought, Hey, Char- Charvel should be not like the old dude, uh, super strat look anymore. Uh, it's going to be this new cool Schecter LTD look, you know, like Dean and those guys. And, uh, so they, they came up with this stuff and, uh, anyways, so what happened was, uh, Schecter was, or Charvel was doing that. And then that's when Fender bought KMC, which is command music. And at some point, uh, they transferred specialty cause KMC had, when Fender bought KMC, they had ovation, they had Hamer, uh, they had Jens Agains. They had uh, what else was in that purchase? Uh, a couple other brands, right? There was a couple other brands in that. Maybe Custom with a K. I can't remember. Um, but the important part is they moved Charvel over the Desolation stuff over to KMC. Now this is why I'm telling you a story because this is an interesting thing uh, that sometimes you guys don't aren't aware of. The reason they did that was is that KMC because they're like a wholesaler. They sell you reeds and picks and and they can sell you everything from MXR pedals to Sure microphones to you know to gig bags. What happened was. By moving those Charvels over to KMC, a dealer who's not a Charvel dealer, a dealer who's not a Fender dealer, a dealer who's not a specialty dealer, who just has an account with KMC could all of a sudden get Charvels. And uh, that would move those Charvels into a large group of dealers. Well, of course, dealers did exactly what you think. They started buying up these Charvels because these are dealers that normally would have brands like Austin and, uh, you know, I don't know, Westone. Although that's probably going f- further back than that that time frame. But you get the idea. It was all Johnson guitars, Westone, all these no-name products. That, and and so they were pulling in Charvels. So what happened was they were selling tons of Charvels. So they had the Charvel dealers selling Charvels. You had these non-Charvel dealers that just had Desolation selling tons of guitars. And then KMC like doubled down and they're like, bought an even bigger order of this stuff. And then that's when all the debacle happened with Fender is selling off KMC and all this stuff. So they ended up having to blast that inventory out. And the reason I tell you that is I remember buying those things. I think we bought a hundred, maybe, maybe 80. It was a lot. It was a lot because we were buying for nothing. I think we were paying like 200 bucks a piece for essentially a neck through body, uh, a guitar, <laughs> mahogany guitar with a Floyd Rose and two EMGs. And we were paying 200 bucks. But we had bought so many and there were so many out there that we ended up having to like sell them for like three, 350 just to get them moving. So the reason I tell you that is because now when you see them used for 350, it's like I sit there and laugh going, yeah, that's what we were trying to get new for them. They're great guitars. They were really cool. They were, uh, you know, a lot of them had quarters on necks. I, I liked how they would say, uh, sand the necks, you know what I mean? And so if you're looking at one, uh, they were cool guitars and eventually they'll go up because they're just not around and they're as good as anything that's like that if you're into that style of guitar. So uh, there you go. <laughs> uh, and then your last part of the question was anything to look out for, like look out for you know, when you're buying them. 
No, I mean they were pretty. They were pretty bulletproof. I mean anything that's got physical damage, you can look for that. But uh, def deficiencies, I didn't come across any, and I don't remember any. They're not really shrouded with any kind of like uh, twisted necks or our bad fret work or anything. It was nothing like that. They were just literally is one of those scenarios where companies change departments and hands a bunch of times, and they ended up with too much inventory and had to blow it out. And the problem is, and this back to the kind of the why I think it's cool information stuff. The problem is, is that when you give a dealer like me a bunch of those and we blow them out, you gotta understand, I only have so many customers in an area. That's how most dealers work. And not all dealers are sweet water and big chains and they're selling to across the country. You know, even a guitar center, a local guitar center only pulls within a five mile radius or something like that. So the point is, is that that's what happens to a lot of times when they do that. When you blow out, when a manufacturer blows out a line of guitars like that, you gotta understand that you really, I saturated my customer base with them. So when the rep comes in three months and says, good news, we brought them back and now they're full price. You're like, yeah, I'm good. I don't want to try to have to convince anybody they should pay seven now after I just moved 80 of them at 350. You know what I mean? So dealers won't buy them. And then that's when the line dies and it happens all the time. There's, I can go through this probably about a dozen products. I can re remember, uh, that that happened to, right? We, we blasted it out as dealers for the manufacturer. And then they just don't literally, they don't, they don't bring the product back because we've devalued it and ruined the, um, we ruined the name. <laughs> or the product line. So there you go. Uh, Rodrigo did a super chat for no reason. I appreciate that, buddy. Uh, and uh, Chuck M Music says, hey, Phil, what do you think about, and it jumped. What do you think about a manufacturer's YouTube video on reverb on a YouTube, wait, Phil, what do you think about linking a manufacturer's YouTube video on reverb listing? Also, how would you feel if someone linked your video in their reverb listing? I never use your vid, just asking. Uh, I see it all the time. It's actually a very cool compliment. Um, uh, it, 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 let me put it this way. I know it's a compliment. Here's why I know it's a compliment when I go on reverb. Sometimes <laughs> I go on reverb and I'll go, I'll look at an item, uh, maybe something I've reviewed, <laughs> right? I don't know. And I'm looking at the item and I go, and I see a video and I go, Oh, is it me? Who is it? And I'm like, Oh, of course. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, Andy from, you know, that pedal or not Andy, you know, from reverb or it's that pedal show or it's somebody else. And I go, Oh, okay. And, uh, so I'm happy for that, but I mean, you're like, Oh, you know, kind of like, Oh, it'd be cool if it was me. Um, why? I, I don't know why it's a weird, it's a weird thing. It's like, uh, you kind of feel like you feel like it's a compliment. That is a compliment. There are very few things that people can do to you that are compliments. That's one of those things that's a compliment. If somebody took your video and put it on their thing, that means they liked the video enough. They liked what you were saying enough or what you were demonstrating enough that they think it's going to help them uh, relay that information to the customer uh, that's going to purchase it. And that's kind of like, uh, that's cool. So no, I don't mind it at all. Um, when it comes to content uh, and how it gets shared and stuff, um, I'm okay with almost every situation where it's shared. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, obviously I don't like the Facebook, you know, stuff where they're doing fake ads and stuff. That's not cool. But I mean, other than when they're committing a crime, I I'm okay with it. So I don't mind it. Um, and then back to, uh, people using, uh, videos for, I don't think there's an issue there. I, I don't know what the issue would be. Uh, to me, if you link a manufacturer's video in your YouTube listing, you know what I mean? It, it's still good. I look at it this way, even if you're not helping, let's say it this way, if you're selling the used gear of a manufacturer, 
the faster you get that used gear off the market, the better for them too. Because <laughs> then they can sell the new gear that they want to sell. Right? They need, they're they competing with their used gear, so it needs to go. It needs to sell. So, uh, John says, I just got a used Yamaha RGX A2. Do you have any experience with it? $500 uh, guitar. It is super light and comfortable. P90 size humbuckers. Uh, I played one once. Um, maybe... Oh, maybe a half a dozen times, you know, play them. I always like them. I'm a big Yamaha guitar fan. Yamaha is a brand that I've always really dug uh, as a, as quality. Like, I like their acoustics. I like a lot of their electrics. Um, they've never been, I think it's because it's Yamaha. You know, you're like, hey, they do jet skis and guitars and pianos and, you know what I mean, uh, lawnmowers. I don't know if they do lawnmowers. But uh, my point is, is that it doesn't matter. They make great musical gear, amazing basses. You know what I mean? Remember, keep in mind, at the core of it, I'm still a bass player. So uh, Yamaha is some of the best basses out there. Um, I, I, like I said, I like them. I, I would love... Uh, to review more Yamaha stuff. Uh, I, I've sold this and I have no problem. I'll keep slamming them too. They they reached out to me to work with me, but they sent me, I told I talked about this like a year and a half ago. They sent me a contract that's illegal. It's illegal. Yamaha, by the way, if you ever see this video, it's illegal. They sent me a contract that says I can't disclose to you that I'm, they sent me the product. <laughs> that's illegal. I told them, hey, you know, that's an FCC violation. I can't just like, hey, everybody, I bought this cool Yamaha amp. What? I, I don't understand. I said, I think your paperwork is weird. Why does it say that? And uh, and then they, they blew me off. So I never heard from them again. But uh, love, love their product. And so if they would send some to check out and share with you guys, and I get to, you know, like I said, it's cool to ch check out stuff I'm interested in. Their stuff I, I'm interested in. But that contract was a no-no. It just basically, because it was written, so you know, the contract looked like it was written for a rock star. It basically said that the whole time the products, the logo has to be facing towards the audience. And I'm like, okay, that's probably for the stage. And then it says you can't disclose how you got it. And you're like, wait a minute, that's the thing I have to disclose. How I got it. <laughs> how did I get this? The Yamaha sent it. I can't say that. So like I said, and I thought it was going to be an easy thing. That's why I'm kind of throwing them under the bus. I thought it was going to be so easy when I said, hey, by the way, uh, I understand. You know, I didn't say like what I'm doing now. Now I'm being sarcastic because I kind of felt like, Oh, and by the way, just to kind of poke at them a little bit more, since then, they've reached out to other YouTubers with that same contract. And when I told the other YouTuber that the contract said that, because they were going to do it and not read it, that YouTuber read it, called me back and said, holy crap, it says I'm not allowed to tell them how I got this. And I said, yes. And they said, I'm glad I read it. Yes. That's why I told them, why don't they change the contract? It's not written for social media platforms. It's written for rock stars, right? Um, but uh so anyway so there you go maybe they'll see this and then they'll go maybe we'll rechange that contract because boy with that ex i mean with that change i would love f to get the yamaha thr10 and 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 some of their guitars and demo them and and talk about them uh, like i said i'm a fan of their product they make good product so there you go there's my tirade <laughs> um all right, Marco. Marco says, do you realize that no, no, not many people knows Mr. M something? Where did Mr. Magoo nowadays? Oh, uh, Marco's talking about uh, my Mr. Magoo comment that I Mr. Magooed into everything. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I guess it really dates you, right? When you say Mr. Magoo is like this blind old dude that just walked around into like crazy situations and it always worked out. <laughs> 
so yeah um well to be honest marco to be fair i don't think i've actually ever seen a mr Goo cartoon uh when i was a kid i think they were out i think they were already kind of dated um but it obviously i understood the reference so i'm hoping people kids now they have youtube they just google or google it and put it on youtube and they get a reference of it my kids get almost every stupid reference to anything that's tv or movie related because they see so many so much youtube talk about it um so but yeah i see your point <laughs> uh voodoo fist says thank you for always being uh, accessible to us uh gearheads you're welcome thank you voodoo fist uh I, i'm glad that he emailed me today about a, a problem and i'm glad it worked out for him um and it was nice because he sent me a picture uh you know, I was going to tell you guys, I, I hate saying this to you guys. I really do. I want to start with the preface that I really feel guilty what I'm about to say. I really hate that you got to tell you guys to take pictures of the gear you're talking about when you're sending me questions, uh, because a lot of times I don't even get to your questions. So it's just more of wasting your time and I don't want to waste your time. It's valuable. And, but I will tell you this, almost everybody who sends me a picture with the question they send me, I, I, I like voodoo tip today. I think I've answered them in 10 minutes because I looked at it and I, I it's, it's so much easier visual for me. If I see it, you're like, well, you know, like when you're talking about a finish flaw or a guitar or a neck or, or uh, electronics, if you send me the picture, I can, I can, uh, I had a guy, uh, uh, last week, he sent me a picture of the cavity of his guitar and I was able to actually take it, throw it up on my phone on a little, I don't know, photo app. And I actually drew in a schematic on top of it and sent it back to him. And he probably got it in five minutes. So it was so fast. I can answer the question fast. I, I, that's easier for me than sometimes reading and trying to understand what it is. And then I'm nervous sending you the response. Cause I'm like, you know what I mean? Not only cause I, I just don't want to give you the wrong information. That's all. All right, that's easy enough. Okay. Uh, oh my goodness. Wanna Beetle says, by the way, I just now bought a Know Your Chipson shirt. I love it. It's hilarious. That's funny. Okay, so my wife, <laughs> I'm just gonna, my wife is in there editing because I told you she's making the hats. My guess is because she's in there editing, there are products that are available that are not not normally available. So I know that's like a weird, you're like, Oh yeah, no, don't buy it. So, but it's probably what's true. The chips and know your chips. And sure. I don't even know you guys know what that is. Um, chips and guitars, the amazing Instagram channel. If you want to laugh every day, uh, go to Instagram and, and, be, and subscribe to chips and they're hilarious. Uh, sent me a chips and shirt in the mail. I bumped into him at the NAMM show. He had shirts. He was giving away. He went to give me a shirt. I was too fat. So he gave me a, a he's like, Oh, I don't have your shirt size. Uh, cause he didn't carry bass player shirt sizes is what I told him. I said, Oh no bass player shirt sizes. So, uh, I, he said, well, I'll send you one. So I said, okay, if you send me one, I'll send you a shirt. So I sent him a shirt and his is the no, it's the gold top Gibson, Les Paul shirt, know your gear shirt. And it says, no, your chips in, but the headstock's broken off. <laughs> Uh, I don't even have one. Want a beetle? How? How? I want a beetle. How about that? I don't even have one yet either. So I'm gonna get one today too. How about that for a funny endorsement? Because it's funny. Um, in fact, I was just thinking about that. I was gonna post that picture on uh, Instagram because you know uh, uh, Chipson doesn't have a way to really share that kind of stuff because you know his he makes the jokes and stuff. But he sent me a personal thing saying I love the shirt and he wears it. Um, what else? What else do we got? Uh, yeah, see, Michael's like the chips and roasted garlic necks killed me. 
I'm telling you guys, if you go on there and if one of them's dumb, I promise it, it you know, everybody who I've said who sent it to it loves him, loves the chips and guys. And if you don't love it, I promise over time something gets in. Something gets you. Uh, but most of the time it's just it's just funny. It's good humor. Uh Uh, the M man says, Phil, are you still fond of your, of the St. Vincent guitar? Um, you know, remember I sold that guitar to a friend, uh, not right after, but within months of, of doing that video and, uh, he's a good friend and he wanted the guitar. And so I said, okay. Um, and that's kind of how it worked out. So, uh, he paid, you know, I think what I paid, maybe less, but probably what I paid. Um, and then, uh, he has it. And then my, my, my thoughts at that time was to get like the music man, the, the, the full on American one. And, um, I didn't end up doing it. I didn't pull the trigger and which stunk because I probably would have kept that, that, uh, the Sterling. I really liked it. The other reason too, is when he said he really loved it and he wanted it, I remember thinking like, okay, if I sell it to him, I'll feel good about selling it to him because he's a good friend. And at that point I was about to, to start upgrading the pickups and stuff. And I was debating if I should do that or not. So it just kind of worked out. Um, okay, hold on. I don't want to lose sight of questions. <laughs> I'm going to call it in a minute, but Hold on a second. What else do we got? We have uh, unfreaking believable. <laughs> uh, yeah. One day I might say it phonetically correct. Uh, it says Phil, I bought an LPD eighty-seven on on your and Ben's recommendation and put it in front of the Mojo Tone amp. The, he uh, he was at the Mojo Tone class with me and we built the. He's talking about the the five E three amp that we built together. Uh, great pedal support L, LPD. Uh, everyone, he is a master. Yeah, I love it. Uh, LPD A7s on my board right now. This is a great pedal. I, I still 68 and 87s are the pedals I still gravitate towards all the time. So I don't think there's all too many people that are not going to be happy with the 87. What I will tell you is that if you're going to get one of the LPD pedals, you should probably go with the 87. I like the 68 more. But what I found is what's great about this is like when, <laughs> there's what I think and then what you think. What I think is the 68's better. What you think is the 87 is better. When I say you, I mean the majority of you. When I talk to like 20 of you guys, <laughs> it's gotten both. All of you like the 87 more. And I think it's just because the 87 can clean up and be bluesy. It can be rock. It can be metal. It can do a lot of stuff. And the, and the 68 is really just about this smooth kind of, you know, nice light overdrive plexi kind of thing. So, um, and that's kind of like where I like to live is in that, you know, just a little bit less gain and hitting the guitar a certain way. So, uh... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Zach says, what's better guitar? What's a better guitar Breedlove or a Luna? Uh, well, I, I don't know, but better. I prefer a Breedlove. So, and a lot of that has to do with experience with it. I've had more experience with Breedloves. I've owned more Breedloves than Lunas. So I kind of gravitate towards that, but I, I like Breedlove. Uh, um, you know, so yeah, Breedlove for no real reason there's no like facts just opinion waterford giant says my prs uh, skies i mean i'm sure you mean silver sky which i love g-string stays and, and and the screen keeps jumping it never did this before uh 
my his g-string stays in tune but is very touchy as i just touch as i just a touch change pitch have you ever heard of this common thing uh sounds to me uh like the nut is something's wrong with the nut so uh you're saying the g-string stays in tune but is very touchy and just a little touch changes pitch um and it's probably because it's sticking it in the nut that's the guess and so you know that is such a lame guess that's like uh if this was a computer channel me saying reboot your computer i i'm telling you the answer that is actually just first it's not it's so i'm hoping that the first easiest answer is the right answer because it's so common uh something to think about with that is there's a couple things you can do the first thing you can do is put some uh, graphite powder in there maybe a pencil lead rub it in there if you have some lubricant uh which is lubricant with kit uh you can put that in there anything to to kind of reduce the friction on the g-string and see if that fixes it um the other thing you might want to do is make sure that the string is seated correctly into the bridge that's not likely to be the problem but i've seen it um but uh but th the reason i say that is because the way the silver sky is designed is uh <laughs> i say design it's designed like a strat but it has <laughs> the prs headstock and the way it works is it, it's pretty brutal guitar it, it takes a lot of abuse i mine is literally just it's flawless in the way that it works and uh, most people I, i've seen has the same same thing so i don't think you got a, a bad one i just think maybe the nut is not right and to be honest with you that's one of the things that you're going to see the most common it's the thing that frustrates me the most most if you notice like whenever i get upset with a guitar and it's new it's always about the nut and the reason is is because that's the thing that gets messed up the most common and that's the thing that i don't understand why they don't spend the most time focusing on because that's where all the problems going to be and that's usually where all your financial money gets sucked up into it's the thing that's the easiest thing like a nut <clears throat> for me is an easy thing to fix but for the average joe or jane out there it's the most expensive thing to fix because if you don't know what you're doing you're just going to break it or screw it up or cut it too deep or you know what i mean so you have to you have to pay somebody and you're paying somebody for their knowledge to do that so uh there you go all right what else um i'm trying to i got dual screens now by the way this is new on this episode i never had that before so now i can see both streams or both i can see the feed of the questions and i can see the super chats uh you guys are saying that the feed is skipping i'm sorry i don't control the internet it's uh yeah ben says his youtube is throttling bandwidth again i yes because it's not me i checked the i, te I checked my up uh going up i'm 15 going up right now and uh i'm all clear it's all clear everything's running smooth on my side it's just youtube sucks so virus in the wires. All right. Let's see if we can button this up. Uh, Bruce says, are you a Mac or PC guy with editing and recording? Uh, have you ever done a video on your filming and editing process? What tools and software to use? Super easy. I am super basic. I use a Mac and I use Final Cut Pro and I'll use uh, uh, iMovie. And it just depends what I'm using, which one for. Um, to be honest with you, I'm pretty fast at both and I like them both, but sometimes, I don't know, just sometimes I'm just lazy put up on my laptop because i have a mac what i'm what i'm working on right now or what you see me through right now is a mac uh the regular standard computer desktop and then i have a mac um 
laptop. And so the laptop has uh, uh, iMovie and the PC, or not the PC, the uh, desktop has uh, Final Cut Pro. So if I'm going in for the big, you know, big production thing, maybe I'll do Final Cut Pro, but otherwise I'll just whip it up fast on iMovie. It works fast. This is not a movie. This, right? So you guys get carried away with this stuff. Uh, I've learned, uh, I've learned to edit uh, now that I know, uh, you know, used to people always complain about my editing because I always chop my videos down by a lot. But the editing is now smoothed out a lot because I've learned it's, you know, what to look for. Because it's not really the, it's definitely not the gear when it comes to editing. It's just knowing to how to make two, two cuts make sense and come together. Um, and then, uh, so for so uh, software, that's what I use for uh, filming. For filming, I use a Canon 70D and then I use, uh, I don't know what this is. Some kind of 4K Sony camera, that thing. Uh, which I like. It works great. Um, so I don't know what model this is. It doesn't say. It's so weird. It should say, right? I don't know what this is. I'll put it on the index if I can find it. It's like an AD something, right? Oh, AX53. So AX53, and then I use a Canon 70D DSLR, and then I have some GoPros. That's what I like to use. They work great. Um, those work fine. Uh, so uh, that's uh, that's it. And then I use uh, a lot of different microphones, uh, lapel mics and other kinds of shotgun mics and, and stuff. And I use a lot of Rode and Shure products because I like them. Uh, slow ride to Super Chat for no reason. Uh, Zach says, Phil just bought a new neck for my parts caster, and I'm wondering if there is a cheap way to file down the nut slots without buying files. Uh, yes, yes and no. Uh, is there a cheap way? Um, well, there's the, if you don't have nut files, uh, the only way that, I can tell you how I used to do it. When I, when I started working on guitars and I didn't have tools, and I think a lot of people start out that way. Uh, I used uh, the strings off a of guitar. I've did a video about this, it's old, but it shows you how to do this. You just take a piece of sandpaper, let's say something like 400 grit, something fine, and I wrap it up. So if you're, let's say you're, you're, uh, lo you're, you're not your e, e string, let's say you're gonna put a uh, 46 gauge string in there. Um, go ahead and take a 42 gauge string, wrap the, sand, uh, the sandpaper over it, and then use it like a file. And that'll be work. I really don't like to do it to start uh, the nut. Um, I, to be honest with you, if you don't have nut uh, files, that's a way you can try to do it. Again, you can make it work. I've I've done you know more with less. But at that point, if you don't have the money for nut files, I I would invest in a pre-cut slot nut, and then that way it's not a big deal. You can just use a little bit of a little file or a little sandpaper to to, to work with it once it's pre-cut because the, the, all the heavy lifting, so to speak, has been done. I would definitely focus on that. And in today's day and age where all the pre-cut nuts nut, uh, are already out there on the market and they're relatively inexpensive and great, do that. If you bought the neck, just go ahead and do that. Um, ah, Steven's brought it up again. He brought it up. Uh, he said, saw the guitar on Kiesel stream yesterday. What color is that? I love it. Uh, I don't know what color that is. In fact, I was thinking that when I saw it too, uh, I was thinking, what color did I pick? It's a burst. Here's what I can tell you, Stephen. Uh, that guitar, obviously, it's uh, well, it's it's in production to get it's get assembled right now. Um, that guitar is a very special guitar because I'm very excited about it. So it's, it's out of all the Kiesel guitars that they make, this is the guitar I've wanted the most, 
And it's a guitar that I specifically did because it only has two. I'm thinking real quick. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Has two because because this is part of the, the thing that I wanted to make sure. It only has two upgrades. So everything on it is stock. Nothing is an upcharge or anything special except for the fact that I went with a 12 inch radius on the fretboard. And there's one other thing that I did uh, on the options. So no, no, nothing else was a paid up charge. So uh, so that, that color is a stock color. It's not a special color. Is what I'm trying to get at. And I just don't remember which one I picked. But if you go in there on their website and look at the choices, it's on there because that's the one I picked. Because <laughs> again, I didn't pay for any upcharge stuff except for the uh, fretboard being 12 inch and something else. I forget what the other thing is, but that's the only options I paid for. And I think the total options in that I upgraded to were 90 bucks total, $40 one and uh $50 for another. Um, and then John Clark did a super chat for no reason. And then Dirt, Surfi Dirt Surfing King says, Hey, Phil, love the channel. Bought a Rectiverb 25 based on your view. Where do you get the blue jewel that doesn't look green? Um, I bought them. You can get them from uh, Antique Electronics Supply Online. Uh, or... Uh, what else? Uh, all parts. I mean, it, you can just, just Google it. Blue jewel. It's just, it's called an amp jewel. So just get the amp jewel. And then, um, what I'll do, uh, dirt surf King is that when I index this video right here, where I'm saying, I'll, I'll put the link to where you, I found the jewels and where I get the, the jewels at. So there you go. All right. Uh, it is one hour and 35 minutes in. So no more super chats, please. So that means if you do a super chat, not going to answer it. Um, except for Trevor, because he just said just because. Trevor Park Jones just did just because. Thank you, Trevor. Um, okay, so hold on. Uh, let's end with a non-super chat question as I'm now looking for the screen. And then, oh, I see Scott Groves here. Hey, Scott, how's it going? You know, one day... I'll actually do what I'm supposed to do, which is tell you what time, because I want to do a video with Scott live hangout. And then, you know, I didn't do it because I don't know, because I'm suck. And then uh, COVID. Well, I think everybody's going to start blaming COVID for stuff. I actually, I legitimately have to deal with stuff. But, um, and uh, so Scott, I will email you this weekend if that's okay. Uh, because I really think I'd be really cool. I'd like to, I like to do a video, uh, a non uh, non Friday show with Scott, and uh, that way I, I, I so to be fair to him, I don't want to censor him. So I'd like to do a show where I just do the warning at the beginning, or maybe we'll hardcore warning for you, Scott, so that way you can do whatever you want. Because <laughs> uh, I don't like to, you know, I censor myself for no, re you know, for for whatever reason, but I don't like to censor other people. All right, um, let's see what else. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at questions. Uh, one, I want to end up with one more. What else do we got? Uh, uh, I think it's Canuck. Is that Canuck George Telly seven Canuck? Sure. Uh, what can you say about the Fender Tone Master twin? I have a twin reissue and it's heavy at 72 years of age. It's getting heavy to uh, truck to my gig every week. I have heard nothing but amazing things about the Tone Masters. When I say amazing things, not the amps, just people telling me how great they are. I am super skeptical of these things, super skeptical. Even skeptical with 
people I know and trust who've done videos now and said, oh, I was skeptical and I like it. And I'm like, oh, no, I still don't like it. So um, I, I reached out to Fender and I asked about the amps and the Fender guy was nice. He emailed me and said they, they don't have any, uh, but he might have one laying around. So I, I but if I do it, I'm going to tell you, uh, uh, Canuck, I guess it's Canuck, Canuck George. Uh, I'm going to do the Tone Master 65. Um, and the reason being is I, I think a lot of people will be interested in the twin because that's that makes more sense. You want that big amp that's really light. But here's the thing. I have a 65 Deluxe Reverb. I love my 65 Deluxe Reverb. I've had it now for 10, 10 years. I don't know, a, a while. And I play it every, I don't say every day. That's exaggerating. But let me put it this way. Three, four times a week. So here's why. When I plug it in the thing, I want to be able, I want to do the video, literally unboxing video where I unbox it, sit it down and, and do a reaction video. Cause that's what you'll get from it. I think that's more important. And then I'll, you know, obviously go into depth of what I think of it as I go through it. But I think how I react to it would be very telling, right? I, uh, what I like about, um, I learned this, uh, from you guys. I learned about something about unboxing videos. That's interesting. Um, Unboxing videos, I think the reason why we, we a lot of us are interested in them, I, I have a theory now. It's why we're a lot of us interested is because you can't BS people with them, right? See, when I'm, I'm editing, I'm making a video and I'm like, hey, this thing sounds great, <laughs> right? You don't know what I've done with it. You don't know how long I've had it, you know? And, and, and it, sometimes that's nice because you want to see somebody's, you know, expertise of the product, right? Because that's, that's what's great about YouTube and gear reviews is that you don't have to be a great guitar player. You don't have to be an amp builder. You don't have to be uh, an industry professional. Um, you, if you own it and you've experienced it and you have experience of it, you can at least communicate that to people. There's some, there's some use in that for the most part. Some videos are still pretty horrible out there, but, but Hey, everybody's trying you get there. The point I'm trying to say is, uh, is that you can't be, you can't BS the, at the beginning because, uh, when you plug into it, unless you're a good act, actor, when you plug into it, that first face you make usually tells you a lot, <laughs> right? Um, you guys caught me on the, uh, positive grid thing. Um, I was so not interested in that thing. I don't think there was probably a product. I was been thinking about this. Um, I don't think there's been a product in the last year that I was more disinterested to check out than the positive grid spark. That was one of those things. And that's where you guys rock. Sometimes you guys are like, it's amazing. Have you heard? It's cool. Other than they can't ship them to people. And you guys seem to be upset about that, which is reasonable. Um, the, uh, the, uh, what I can tell you though, on a side note, I don't get carried away. If, if you're waiting for one, wait, they're worth it. I took it over to a friend. I violated COVID law. I don't know. I think it's okay now. I took it to my friend's house this week. He, he ordered one. He was like, you're right. Sick. So I was like, yep, it's great, right? I mean, I, I had to share it with somebody. Um, and that's how you know something's cool when you want to share it with somebody. But my point is, uh, I um, I just didn't want uh, I, I just didn't want it. It wasn't something I was inter interested in. So what's great about that video is not my review of it, not my demonstration of it. I think what's great about a video like that is you, if you're paying attention, you're watching me in almost real time change my mind. And that I, you know, you can't make that stuff. You know, I mean, that stuff just is happenstance. It happens. So, uh, Guitar nineteen fifty two says I ordered one. Yeah, you know what's great, Guitar fifty two, and I'd like to defend the positive group guys. And only one thing, because boy, let me tell you, I know they've done a bunch of things wrong, and I can understand why a lot of people aren't happy. But the one thing I've been paying attention to, and that's the only thing I care about, is when everybody is super mad and wants their money back, they've been getting their money back. That to me, I, I had a guy. There's a guy who put a comment. He's like. 
they didn't give me the amp, so I asked my money back. They give it to me, and he goes, they're a fraud. I'm like, well, they're not a fraud if they give you your money back. I mean, it sucks that they took your money and they didn't deliver a product, but it's hard to judge right now. I'll be honest with you guys. If this same thing happened with Positive Grid and and it and it wasn't COVID-19, and I'm not saying it's because of COVID-19. Like, remember what I just said a few minutes ago? COVID-19 is a lot of excuses. A lot of people get to, to blame it, okay? The problem is they get to blame it because it's a real thing, <laughs> right? So if there wasn't COVID-19 and Positive Grid was acting like this right now, I think we'd be furious as a community and it would be the end of it. But right now, it's hard to tell how much is their screw up, how much is their thing. I can tell you this. I don't know if I told you guys this last week. We were talking about this. You know, I think they, they told me they were expecting to sell like 5,000. They sold 50,000. Some crazy number like that. So that's, and they're such a small company that they're, this is their shot to make it big. So that's why they're working so hard to sell it. That makes more sense to me. I get it. You know what I mean? I get it. If you had a small company and you saw your shot, this is their shot, guys. They either burn down. Well, I don't think they're going to go out of business, but you understand. They either burn this down because they're not delivering or they get them out and they get the orders and they'll do well. I hope they do well. Um, but, you know, yeah, uh, I can't say the name, <laughs> but with Q, Q says, I can definitely see issues uh, scaling if you aren't experienced. E exactly. I'm telling you guys, uh, you know, I, I think I've been very particular of how I work with and why. Uh, a couple of you guys reached out. As soon as I mentioned that he sent me one, a couple of you guys reached out and said, please don't review it because, you know, and you guys sent me to, there's an actual like Facebook page. There's an anti-positive grid spark Facebook page. I went on the Facebook page. I read everything. I was like, because again, I was like, I'm not going to support this if it's, if they're a mess. And what I read on there was a lot of people were upset for about the last five, six months. And then people are saying they're slowly starting to ship them out. And that storyline will what Positive Grid was telling me, which is they're finally starting to ship those things out. So it makes sense. Again, I'm not saying give them a pass, put them to the grill. They deserve it. But uh, I just want you to understand the information I have because that, that's the information I have uh, on that. And you're right. It's hard to scale and uh, they're probably not experienced with it. And then add this epidemic and all the other stuff or pandemic. And it's just a it's a double mess. But the product is really good. And you know what's sad is it's going to hold because I'm telling you right now, I it's going to I promise it's going to it's going to it's going to last. I mean, not for years, but it's going to be a good product for a year or two. It'll be the thing. It'll be the hip thing. Um, so, uh, oh, there was somebody asking about my website. Somebody said, Hey, oh, there it is. Superconductor says, Philip, did your domain know your gear, uh, n expire? Not the domain The I own the domain. I just shut down the website. There's no more website. Uh, so what happened with that? I, I kind of explained, I told everybody a couple weeks ago, I was not going to re up the, the website anymore. The, what, I don't know if I told you guys why, but let me tell you guys why it don't make a lot of sense. Uh, the podcast costs me uh, like $250, $300 a year, $300 a year to upload the podcast. Uh, maybe that doesn't sound like a lot of money to you guys. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, uh, doesn't pay me a dividend. The podcast is not a, uh, is not a revenue stream at this point. Um, it should be, but it's not. <laughs> so, uh, so what I'm saying is, is that right now what I'm doing is I'm taking $300 of the YouTube money and I pay that to a, 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 uh, RSS feed uh, provider, uh, so I can put the podcast out. And what was happening was, so I had the podcast at that tune about $300 a year. And then, well, actually I was paying two 
And I was going to have to go to three if I wanted to get it on Spotify and all the other places you guys wanted it. And then I was also pumping out about three, four hundred dollars a year for the website. And so I was sitting there going, okay, now we're talking about seven, eight hundred dollars a year for two things that really don't seem to have any benefit, uh, not only financially, but not even community build, building. It doesn't seem to do anything for the channel. So I made the decision. I think it was the right one. I said, why don't I just hold off on the website and put the money in the in the podcast, which is what I did, and uh, and the time in the podcast. So I went through and edited all the the podcast names, all the stuff. I did everything I was supposed to do. I trimmed all that stuff up. I fixed it, and uh, so now the podcast is all. And it's definitely seeing a benefit. The podcast had a huge jump in views, and it was already doing really well. That's why I said it's silly that it doesn't have any kind of you know monetiz- you know money coming from it because it's you know I mean it's hundreds of thousands of streams and nothing. Uh, so maybe millions, by the way, I'm not sure. It's hard to tell with the analytics they give you what it's doing and how it's doing. Um, but, uh, that's it. So that's what's going on with that. All right. On that note, it's time to go. (laughs) We got to go today. Uh, I want to do a quick shout out to the patrons. Uh, thank you so much for supporting these live shows. And, uh, I'm going to highlight a couple real quick. Uh, Alasdar McLeod, Anthony Desposito, Armando, Bob Crosley, Brian S. Oh, Brian S. And the live wires is now on Monday. He didn't tell me to say that, but Hey, I noticed it on, he put it on my Facebook page. So he's on Monday. So if you were watching the live wires on Wednesday, now you go to Monday. That's how it works. Bruce Collins, Chief Squatch, Chris at the Guitar Pit, Chris from New Mexico, Craig Parker, uh, Declan. Uh, we got Dennis. I'm not, I know I'm not saying all the names. I'm just trying to say a few. Derek Miller, uh, DPB, uh, F Crew, Gary Phillips, uh, George and Derry. Greg Peterson, Greg K, and Jason Nagler, and Jane, uh, Jim Biles. Um, I'm not going to say everybody because I went so far over an hour and 47 minutes, so I don't want to take too long. On that note, I'm going to let everybody go. Thank you guys for hanging out with me this Friday. You guys have a great weekend. We will talk next week, and uh, hopefully we'll have a bonus show with Scott Grove soon, and that we'll look forward to that as well. Guys, don't forget to hit that thumbs up button because I get paid in thumbs ups. It's not true. But if I did, wouldn't you feel bad if I you didn't pay me? All right. <laughs> I got bad jokes. All right, guys. You guys have a great weekend. And as always, know your gear. <laughs>